0: Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com Something about that guy's voice. Welcome to The
1: Coaching Show with your host, Master Certified Coach Christopher McCollum.
0: Thank you, Dick Warren, and thank you, my dear listener, for joining us today. Hey, special, amazing show. We're going to learn something, and I'm always excited about that. Uh, Our amazing show today includes... Uh, a true pioneer, a true leader, a true um, creator in the profession. We're going to talk about everything from coaching supervision, coaching competencies, coaching ethics, and all of that stuff. But first, we have, uh, well, I, I want to bring in our guest co-host for today. She's not in studio because she lives far away. Um, she's an extraordinary coach, uh, of contribution to our community, our coaching community, and to the world at large. Hallie McNabb is both a professional certified coach. She uh, is past president of the local ICF chapter where she lives in Victoria, British Columbia, beautiful Victoria. Um, she's also an extraordinary coach, a trainer of coaches, and the current president of the Association of Coach Training Organizations. That's called ACTO. I'm delighted to welcome back to our microphones Hallie McNabb. Hello.
1: Hello. Good morning.
0: Good morning, tell us something about yourself. This is your chance to be known by the entire, well, a couple people.
1: A couple people, yes. Uh, Well, the bio that you read was accurate, and uh, the thing that I would love to add to that is that uh, as actual president this year, I am able to bring forward a platform that I'm very passionate about, which is I encourage coaches to have brave conversations about power, privilege, rank, and culture with their clients and with themselves. And so that's something that I've very much brought to ACTO this year and have encouraged all our schools, encouraging supporting all our schools to bring to their training programs as well.
0: It's uh, It sounds nice the way you said it, but it's really kind of revolutionary, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Well, unfortunately, yes. I think unfortunately because... It seems like coaches, we can we can be at the forefront of these conversations. We have all the skills that we need to reveal our own blind, blind spots and blind spots of others. And uh, it's a conversation whose time has well past come. <laughs> so um, people would know the conversation more, are more familiar if I use words like diversity and equity and inclusion. But uh, for a lot of people, those words are a little bit past past their prime. So, um, yeah, it's it's just conversation conversation. It's time.
0: Wait a second. Words can run out? There's an expiration it, date it on it words? They can. Um, it can. It learning can. a lot already. Okay, we're delighted to have you. Thank you so much for taking your time. So uh, any initiatives at the Association of Coach training organizations that you want to talk about uh, in addition to that? Not that that's not sufficient, but I imagine you guys are up to stuff over there
1: oh we are we um i think that the thing that i want people to know is that acto is the only association that is a community for coach trainers we have lots of places where we can gather icf emcc iac Uh, local organizations as individual coaches but acto is an association for coach training organizations and coach trainers so people who are interested in being supported and inspired and in community with other coach trainers this is the place um it's it's a quite incredible community of coaches who are interested in supporting one another rather than competing with one another so yeah it's it's a great place to be
0: and where can we find out more about both acto and about hallie McNabb?
1: uh the organization acto you can find us on our website which is actoonline.org. So there's two O's in the middle. Actoonline.org. Um, lots of information on there. And if you want to see my website, it's powerforlifecoaching.ca.
0: And it's, and it's not one of these things where the four is a numeral just to mess with us. It's actually words, people. Words. Use your words. Yes. Power for life coaching.ca. Correct. Correct. All right. Yep. Or just Google. You know how to do that. Uh, All right. We should let people know about a couple of things. The first is uh, our longtime sponsor of this program is uh, Accomplishment Coaching, Home of the World's uh, world's Famous. Okay. No more day drinking before the program. I got it. Um, Home of the World's Finest Coach training, Training. I can't even talk. Would you say it, Hallie, and I'll try and catch up.
1: Home of the world's finest coach training program.
0: Thank you very much. And it's not hyperbole. It's not a slogan. It's really true. If you compare the fine program, the coaches' training program, at Accomplishment Coaching with any other coach training program out there, you'll find it has more hours, more actual coaching of human beings, more live coaching, more being coached, more in-room, in-person instruction. and You actually get a year of work with a professional coach as part of the program. It's an extraordinary program. It's available in six cities uh, currently around the North American continent. There's San Diego, Seattle, Washington, Victoria, British Columbia, a place where Hallie lives, a beautiful place. Chicago, Illinois, New York City, and our nation's capital, which, woof couldn't they use it? Some coaching these days. uh, Washington, D.C. If you're in or near any of those places, check out accomplishmentcoaching.com. And you can actually go, and it's the only place I've ever heard of where you can go and observe the training in person as it's happening. Just sit there like a fly on the wall and watch what's actually happening. It's not a... A presentation, it's not a sales pitch it is the program itself and you can say hey this is for me or n- not and you can find out what coach training at the highest level is like. Of course an ACTO member, of course ICF accredited the coaches training program from Accomplishment Coaching check it out, accomplishmentcoaching.com I also want to shout out to, uh, for most of us, the conference season is behind us, but the ICF Metro D.C. chapter, that's Washington, D.C., uh, still has something for us to look forward to. The 14th Annual Capital Coaches Conference, Coaching Changes Lives. It's happening in October uh, October 19th. You can find out more by going to ICF Metro, that's M-E-T-R-O, ICF Metro D.C. Dot org, and find out all about their keynotes and their facilitators, the schedule, events, hotel, anything else that you need. Um, Jennifer Garvey Berger, Alexander Kai, I'm never going to I'm going to ruin his name Cal- Calais, and Kerry Spaulding are uh, among the speakers that you'll find there. ICF Metro All right, anything else that people need to know, Hallie? Uh, I
1: think we're good. I'm, I'm sorry, I did I wake should... you? Yeah. <laughs>
0: Okay, good. <laughs> our, um, I'm delighted to welcome our guest to uh, to our microphone, back to our microphone. Dr. Damian Goldvarg holds both a PhD and an MCC. He's the president of his own company, Goldvarg Consulting Group, which is a consulting company that performs leadership development training, executive coaching, and keynote speaking. He has over 30 years of experience in executive assessment and coaching, leadership development, strategic planning, and more. He's the past global chair of the ICF, International Coach Federation in 2013, was inducted into the ICF Circle of Distinction in 2018. In addition, he's a certified speaking professional and a supervision-accredited supervisor by the European Mentor and Coaching Council, the EMCC, of whom you spoke. He's... um an extraordinary man who's worked with individuals and organizations over 50 countries, uh, PhD in organizational psychology from right here in my neighborhood, Alliant University in California. Uh, he was the 2013 ICF global president, ICF assessor for years, and author of five books on coaching. The most recent one is I Hold in My Hand. You'll have to just... Trust me on that. Professional Coaching Competencies, which he wrote with Patricia Matthews and Norma Perel. Please welcome to our microphones, Damian Goldvark. Hello.
2: Hey, how are you? Do we have to call?
0: Thank you for being had, as we like to say. Do we have to call you doctor the whole time?
2: No, 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 please. Damian.
0: Doctor, master. (laughs) Okay,
2: great. Good seeing you again, and thank you again. It's great being with you today.
0: Thank you so much. Uh, Look around outside, Damian. Where do you find yourself today?
2: Today, sir came Back from a trip, I was 20 days in Europe presenting uh, for the ICF uh, Italy chapter. They had a conference and they invited me as a keynote speaker. And then I took the opportunity to visit my colleagues and I did a couple of presentations for ICF Bulgaria and ICF Romania, uh, talking about my new book that you have in your hand and coaching supervision that is my passion.
0: Beautiful. I want to, I want, I'll have what he's having, right, Hallie? Hallie, That's I'm going to. As my guest co-host, I'm gonna give you the opportunity, the privilege, the delight of a first question for Damien.
2: Okay, um, cool. Hi Damien. Hey, good hearing your voice. And yeah. I am so proud of also being involved with ACTO and everything you share with people is true. I have experienced that. I am going to be doing a presentation for ACTO next month. And I was asked to be sure that I bring diversity issues to the conversation in some way. So so congratulations <laughs> for for that initiative.
1: Thank you very much. Uh, So I would love to open the conversation. I know supervision is your passion. And um, I would love to talk about the differences between supervision, the receptivity or use of supervision in North America versus some other countries in the world that have welcomed it with open arms. There seems to be still some resistance in North America and, uh, I'd love to get uh, your opinion about what that's about. And part two of the question is talking about some of the real concrete benefits of supervision and why people might be interested in taking it on.
2: Great. Well, thank you. Thank you for that question. Because many times when people hear the word supervision, there are many emotional reactions to that word. So it's not really the best word we can use. And when I was in the Global Board of Directors of ICF for six years, from 2010 to 2015, we had a conversation about uh, if we should change the world. And after a lot of discussion, we decided to keep it that way. As coaching supervision is much more developed and well-known in Europe, particularly in the UK, than in, as you said, in the United States. And the reason why I got involved originally was because when I was in the board, we were discussing what would be the International Coach federation ICF position of supervision. And um, we in the board have some information, but not a lot. So I decided to go through the first coaching supervision training that was presented in the United States by Coaching Supervision Academy, and that was 2013. And when I went through the training, I fell in love with supervision. Because it's not about, as the world may uh, resonate to people as controlling or telling people what to do. But it's more about creating a thinking environment, a thinking space for people to reflect on the work that we do. And uh, as coaches, when we work with our clients, we know that we work with them so they can develop insights, look at different possibilities, look at their blind spots. And we as coaches need to do the same thing for our work. So when I learn about it and start doing supervision, I thought, okay, this is really important. I think that all all coaches should understand what is it. I thought it works. And as you said very well and clearly, there was and there's still some resistance in the United States because my own opinion is that there is not clarity about what is it and how it works. Uh, finally, ICS decided not to make supervision mandatory. as is for in Europe for the European Mentor and Coaching Council. So, there for their association is our sister association in Europe. People who want to renew their credential is a requirement, mandatory to get supervision. But as we know, everything that is mandatory is not well received. And I personally don't believe that uh, going to supervision uh, obligated and because it's mandatory it will help you and support in your development as a coach. So um, going back to your second question, I do believe that supervision gives us the opportunity to look at our work, look at what makes us successful, not not only when there is a problem or a challenge, but also to validate, normalize our activities. Uh, We would like to separate the world in supervision, like supervision, like putting a little bit of distance and look about what is going on. And from that distance, see what we may be missing when we're working with our clients and can be behaviors that we want to reinforce it's not only about challenges it's also about seeing what we're doing that is working so we can keep doing that and it's also about looking at what we may be missing what are our ethical dilemmas we may have uh, challenges about emotional reactions what trigger us And for me, that I have been in the business for a long time, I still work with my own supervisor because I do believe that even though I do have a lot of experience, there are things that I may not be able to see that require having somebody to look at it. And my experience is many experienced coaches in the United States don't think that they need that. They say, oh, we have a lot of experience. We don't need anybody to work with us to look at the work that we are doing. And personally, I do believe that that's a a problem not being a role model and not looking for our own uh, areas for development to keep growing i think that people who do not get supervision are missing something important in the work that they are doing but that's, this, is my, this is my personal opinion
0: and that's what i wanted to follow up with is that it, there seems to be a clearly cultural uh divide here right i mean this country was built on low bid and john wayne movies so everybody thinks they can do it themselves and you know that uh <laughs> perhaps quality is overrated what um What I'm hearing from both of you, actually, uh, Hallie, in your role as ACTO president and with your commitment to bringing the blind spots into people's vision, and Damien, same thing for you with coaching supervision and always expanding our our toolkit, so to speak, always expanding our abilities and getting useful feedback so that we can improve, is a framework of constant improvement, of constant learning. And is it fair to say that um, I, I heard you reference the U.S. in particular, and I heard me do it too, that uh, there's a cultural difference here, or is it just some people get it and some people think, hey, I took that one class for two hours once, so now I'm a coach for life?
2: That's a great question. I think there is a cultural issue, definitely, and there is also a historic issue how ICF and how coaching developed as as a professional practice in the United States a little bit different than in other parts of the world. My experience is that in Canada, for example, people are much more open to to coaching supervision compared to the United States. Uh, (laughs) Well, I I think that uh, you're right. I do think there is a different culture. And I I appreciate so much the work uh, that you're doing about diversity because diversity issues always come up in my experience, training coaches, training supervisors, training mentor coaches, uh, and many times people don't pay attention to that. And this is one of the areas of supervision, how diversity, we, we have a module on that, how diversity affects the work that we do as coaches, as mentor coaches, as coaches supervisors. Uh, and that one. I want to be sure that we differentiate supervision from mentor coaching, because there are some confusions about that. Mentor coaching, it is mandatory to trainers, to to receive training as a coach and to be accredited by the ICF, mandatory, mentor coaching is a mandatory activity. Is not, supervision is not. So supervision, uh, people once they get their credentials, they can use up to 10 hours of supervision to renew their credentials. So that's uh, something that people can do, but it's, I think, really great. And um, mentor coaching is an activity that is a requirement for coaches to get trained for programs approved by the ICF, also for ACC coaches who need to renew their credential. They need uh, to have 10 hours of mentor coaching before they renew their ACC credential. For MCC people are interested in that credential applying for MCC also they need mentor coaching as a requirement. So that's the difference. And the main difference is in mentor coaching, uh, uh, your mentor coach listen to you coaching, and provide feedback based on ICF core competency model and see what is present and what is missing. And I have been uh, studying that for a long time, particularly because I was asked in Latin America to, in, to do that work in Spanish. So I published my second book on ICF coach, co- coaching competency model in Spanish to teach uh, the, the competencies in Spanish and Latin America. And I have been very interested about that topic and the book was translated and updated this year that, that we published the book with Pat, Matthew, and Norma Perel. By the way, Norma Perel is my mother, so I want to share with you. Wow. I'm very proud to share that I have been working with my mother, who is also an MCC, and uh, we have been working together and collaborating in different projects. And the, the book. We, we work together in three books, one on coaching competencies, one on mentor coaching. We, we teach together a, a mentor coaching certification in Spanish, and um, now, these
0: book images. That's incredible. I love the distinction, Hallie. Do you want to follow up on either supervision or uh, mentor coaching?
1: Uh, I'm not right now. thanks. Okay.
0: The uh, <laughs> I hate when he I disturb. You said it so Hallie.
1: beautifully. You <laughs> said it so beautifully. I can't. I can't uh, that. Yeah. Right. It was
0: beautiful. It's a beautiful distinction. What, uh, Damien? How do you see the future shaken out? We are all aware. Well, maybe we're not all aware. In fact. Very few of us are aware that the ICF is looking at the core competencies, the professional coaching competencies, as you say in your book, uh, to not only expand on them, but also to bring in markers, bring in sort of an ISO approach where you can look at it and say this is either present or not present, and a much more... Maybe I should say less subjective, more objective way of uh, evaluating coaching. How do you see that and other developments coming down the pike when it comes to both mentor coaching and
2: supervision? Yeah, when related to mentor coaching, so it's uh, just reinforcing the idea that mentor coaching is about providing feedback on coaching skills, and the focus on mentor coaching is coaching skills and somebody listening to you coaching and giving you feedback. Different than in supervision, that you don't need to listen to a recording. In supervision, the coach brings a case and discuss the case and discuss the challenges, what they have done, what were their emotional reactions, how is their relationship with the client to get new insights in the work that they are doing with the client. So these markers came up, I think, three, four years ago already. And the goal was exactly what you said, to bring a little bit more objectivity to, to the assessment, particularly of coaching competencies. And uh, the book that I published this year in English tried to bring some light into that. So we present two cases and we analyze the cases and we explain how the markers are or not present exactly what you said. Right now, ICF has only markers for PCC level coaches its professional certified coaches that require for people who are not familiar with the credential 500 hours of experience and training that at least last 125 hours. Now for MCC, what's coming up in the future is for ICF to have a position on that because right now there are not specific markers for MCC like there are for PCC. So this is something that ICF is working on exploring what will be the future. We don't know uh, if there are going to be really markers like objective markers like we have for PCC for MCC. That is to see what is very interesting. And um, I do believe that uh, schools particularly are being trained where everybody who everybody who is assessing coaches uh, for programs approved by International Coach Federation should be able to use the markers to assess uh, the, the participants from the programs. So I know that ACTO has also been involved and have done some sessions and presentations on the topic so people develop some awareness and understanding about the markers, how they work. I do believe that my book is one of the contributions to the professional uh, practice of coaching for people to learn more about them.
0: Well, I uh, appreciate it very much. We'll talk about the book in just a minute, but I want to I dr- dwell down about this or drill down a little bit more. So is there a certification for people wanting to be a mentor coach or is there a certification for people who want to be uh, contributing to other coaches at the level of coaching supervision. I don't even know if you call yourself a coaching supervisor so much as someone who contributes. Oh, do
2: you? Yes, you do. There There is a coaching supervision. Coaching supervision, ICF doesn't have a credential for that for now, but uh, the European Mentor and Coaching Council does. So basically when I, at one point, after being a supervisor for three years, I received a request in Latin America to start offering this in Spanish, because nobody was doing that, and people were very interested, I developed my first coaching supervision certification in Spanish, and um, I also wrote a book about it in Spanish. Uh, so there Why is no? a whole certification, and there is a credential for the European Mentoring Coaching Council called ESAI European Supervision Individual Accreditation. And it's a new credential. There are only, I think, 25, 30 people in the world like, have that credential. So it's a brand-new credential, and it's done through the EMCC. So my program eventually was also a big company asked me to um, provide that training to their coaches so they can have a competitive advantage when they were selling their services. And I, I think I can say that publicly because I know that uh, Brian Underhill is very public about it. He's uh, the owner of CoachSource. The biggest coaching um, com- company that provide coaching training for big companies, and they have a net uh, that they allocate all over the world. And one of the companies once asked them who uh, if, they, if the coach receive supervision, and he said no, because of that, they lost a big contract. So after that, they decided to uh, provide that, so I was hired to to train many of their coaches as coaching supervisors okay. so they can have, have a competitive advantage. And what was the, the services?
0: Yes, clear. Uh, the Let's go back a step. What's the European, the EMCC, uh, what did you call it? You called it a European supervision. What's the ESAI?
2: It's European Supervision Individual Accreditation. Ah, ESI. Difficult to remember. I took me some work to do it.
0: <laughs> Great. Yes. And um, what about mentor coaching? Is there a, some sort of an ICF or another credential to get to, or training to get to become a mentor coach?
2: There is uh, in right now in the market a few training programs. It's not a requirement for now for ICF to for mentor coaches to have a mentor coaching training. Uh, I developed that also as a request and as a need in the Latin America market. So I have been doing that program. We are now in cohort number 19. So we have 19 programs over the last five years uh, in Spanish and in English, training mentor coaches to really understand um, ICA core competencies, to be able to provide feedback effectively to the different levels, ACC, PCC and MCC. And I wrote a book about that also in Spanish on mentor coaching. Uh, So I do have a I provide that services certification on mentor coaching. There are, I think, six or seven in the world right now that I am aware of that are offering this this kind of service. Uh, But it's not mandatory or a requirement to receive a mentor coaching certification to be a mentor coach. Right now, ICF has a registry where people can register as mentor coaches. And the requirement is that you have a credential uh, and that you have that credential for three years. And sometimes there are new uh, requirements. I don't know what are the latest, but I know that one of the latest was that people need to have a credential and at least have that credential for three years to be able to provide a mentor coach.
0: Okay. We've got just a couple minutes left, uh, which uh, is always a challenge. I want to remind people that the website to go to to find out more about Damien and his work is Goldvarg, that's G-O-L-D-V is in Victor, A-R-G, consulting.com. Hallie, do you have something that we can do quickly here?
1: Um, maybe just a a quick uh, plug for Damien about why people should have a supervisor.
2: Okay, great question. I love it. I think that people should have a supervisor to have an opportunity to keep learning, growing and developing. We are in the coaching business. It's It's a business of learning and development and growing and stretching. And if we do that for our clients, but we don't do that for ourselves, I think that we don't really have integrity in the work that we do. So I, that's my personal opinion. I believe that every coach should have a supervisor or a coach or a space for reflection. Supervision can be offered individually or in group context. I do believe that group supervision is even personally more interesting because you learn not only from your supervisor but from colleagues that may have similar challenges or not now, but are challenges that can come up for you in the future. So I do believe that group supervision is a great opportunity to keep learning, growing, and developing. So I think that's the reason why.
0: Very good. Thank you so much for that one. Uh, we're about to take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk more about the latest book, Professional Coaching Competencies, The Complete Guide, by Damian Goldvarg, along with Patricia Matthews. And now we know it's his mom, Norma Perel. When we uh, come back, we'll also talk about my uh, something close to my heart, coaching ethics, as well as... Uh, your experience, Damien, with the ICF Circle of Distinction for your contribution to professional coaching in the ICF. Um, Anything else that you want to add, Ms. Hallie McNabb?
1: Well, I think I will just echo what Damien said. I think I heard something this weekend, which was that as people, as coaches, as a profession, we're supporting people with their uh, blocks, and among other things. And for us to be able to support people with that, we have to have elevation on our own blocks and stuff, as some people would call it. It's to support people with their stuff, we have to have elevation on our own, and supervision is a great place.
0: Very good. All right, that's Hallie McNabb. You can find her at PowerForLifeCoaching.ca or uh, the Association of Coach Training Organizations at ActoOnline.org. We're, of course, con- going to continue after this conversation, after these months. I can't talk anymore. Uh, We're going to continue after these important words with our conversation with Damien Goldbarg. You can find out more about him, his work, and his latest book, Professional Coaching Competencies, at goldbargconsulting.com. Back after a moment. Christopher McAuliffe is your source for the latest in the world of personal coaching. Whether it be speaking with such luminaries as Deepak Chopra or getting the newest techniques and innovation, the coaching show is always on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Tired of
1: presentations with no impact, no inspiration, and no traction? Do dull speakers have you and your team disengaged and distracted by smartphones? Christopher McAuliffe brings energy, insights, and two decades of experience delivered with punch, humor, and heart. Your team will leave energized, uplifted, and with a sense of purpose. Visit ChristopherMcCullough.com to bring some heat to your next speaking engagement. M-C-A-U-L-I-F-F-E. ChristopherMcCullough.com
2: Gotham Books presents Marriage Rules by Harriet Lerner. The book Martha Beck calls, Required reading for anyone hoping to
1: interact successfully with any other human, not just for those in romantic relationships. Get your copy wherever books and ebooks are sold, and visit HarrietLearner.com to learn how to change your marriage today. The Coaching Show is brought to you by Accomplishment Coaching, home of the world's finest coach training program. Here is Christopher McCall, Master Certified Coach.
0: And we're <laughs> I just love that intro, and we're continuing our conversation with the great and powerful Damian Goldvarg. He's president of the Goldvard Consulting Group, an MCC, former uh, head of the ICF Global, uh, also um, a PhD in organizational psychology, and author of his latest book, five books total, but latest book is Professional Coaching Competencies, The Complete Guide, which is available wherever fine books are sold. Uh, you can find out more by going to goldbergconsulting.com. We're also joined uh, di- from a distance by... The delightful Hallie McNabb, a PCC coach, uh, former president of her local ICF chapter in Victoria, British Columbia. You can find her online at powerforlifecoaching.ca. Uh, she's also this year's president of the Association of Coach Training Organizations. You can find out more about them by going to actoonline.org. Hallie, a p- question for Damien today?
1: Absolutely. So this—it <laughs> se- <laughs> seems
0: like I always surprise you when I toss it to you there. <laughs> Sorry about that.
1: Yes. So this section. Remind me what this section of our show is about today. Oh, see,
0: this is why we can't have nice things, Hallie, right here. Uh, (laughs) What I wanted to talk about next was the book, Professional Coaching Competencies. Now, there's a book organized kind of like the uh, ICF core competencies, right, but with some additions. I'm interested in what, Damien, what had you write this book and what the intention is. What do you think we'll get out of it?
2: Well, when I wrote the book originally in Spanish, was around 2012 when it was published in Spanish for the first time. My goal was to bring awareness of ICF in uh, Latin America, particularly in Spanish, so people uh, could be able to learn the ICF uh, framework hmm. and as a result of that to get ICF credentials. Uh, And this is related to the question, the circle of distinction. That's one of the reasons why I got that recognition because of my contribution uh, in Latin America, coaching and mentoring many of the local uh, chapter presidents and bringing awareness of ICF. And uh, that book had that goal. So eventually, when the markets came up, uh, Pat Matthew, who was a board member with me, we served together in the SF Global Board, and she was in charge of uh, with three more people to re- to, design- to develop the markers. I invited her to work together so we could use my translate my original book and then apply it to new cases, and apply the markers to to two cases. Um, and she, since she was the one who developed them, was one of the four people who developed them. It couldn't be a better person to do the job than with her. So I'm very proud that we collaborated in this project. And as a result, uh, we came up with a book. The, the original book, basically, what I do is I teach, I use this book also to train coaches. So basically, I go over the ICL competencies, and every day there is a module with one of the competencies. So, for example, one day is about the coaching agreement. So I have done some research and I bring some topics and some uh, concepts and theories and models from other places, not only ICF, the same thing about trust or coaching presence, uh, some of the work and research that I have learned over the years for my practice as a coach or for my practice as training coaches. I am um, every chapter is one of the ICF core competencies that 11, 11 core competencies and then we apply the markers that are, markers are specific behaviors where people demonstrate the different uh, coaching competencies uh, we, have, we do the analysis and we uh, explain how they work and how they are shown in two sessions
0: it's very important work uh, I want I want to sort of boil it down for beginner coaches and coaches like me that have uh, specially put gray in our hair, uh, what What do you think, if you could wave your magic wand and give all coaches everywhere one improvement, what would you do, what do you think is the fundamental thing we should all do to improve our coaching today?
2: Well, that's a great question. And I think that for everybody, and when I train my classes, uh, right now I was sharing with you that I came back from uh, Italy, Romania, Bulgaria, and I presented the book, and I asked people at the beginning of the session. And what do you think is my favorite competency? And I said, all are important, all are the same. For, for ICF, the ICF philosophy, there is not one more important than other. So I tell people, this is what you need to know, that this is my only my own personal opinion and my own personal perspective. So during the session, I want you to guess which one is the most important for me. So then at, at the end of the session, I ask people, and most of the time people are accurate that for me personally that's in my own opinion i will be very curious to hear both of your opinions um i think coaching presence it will make the big difference uh, your capacity to connect with people beyond language connect with people in terms of uh, energy in terms of um going beyond what is said to a place that bring people to their best of them to the gratefulness i would say And uh, by that, being able to get to new places and get new possibilities of action and being, not as I work with coaching, not only about doing things, but about who we are being, how we're showing up, what kind of boss we are, what kind of uh, colleague we are, what kind of team member we are. So reflecting not only on the doing, but also on the being. Uh, And I do believe that uh, we all focus on coaching presence and work on connecting with people to challenge them to go beyond where they are. Uh, we can all grow professional practice. I, I would be very curious to hear your opinion, both of your opinions, if you agree or not, or what do you think? I would too. Hallie, what do you think?
1: I, I, Coaching presence is one in my associations with a lot of coach trainers. It does tend to come forward as the one that they focus on the most and pay a lot of attention to. I would have to say that for me, competency three, trust and intimacy, comes forward a little bit more. And that's probably because I train at the ACTP level. And I find that that is the biggest difference between ACC and PCC level coaching. And the thing that uh, most of the students have to focus on the most is actually um, letting the client lead versus the coach. And so that tends to be to me three and four are together they they're sort of reinforce the same skills uh in a lot of ways but trust and intimacy is the one that uh i find i focus on more and uh is more of my favorite (laughs) if we have favorites (laughs) it's my favorite
0: well it's it's very brave of you to come out as pro trust and pro intimacy on this program i appreciate that Yeah, yeah i um I love what both of you are saying, and I would, I would throw into the mix. I don't think I would say this is more important than either four or three, but I would say that as a person, first of all, let me just uh, bust myself or tell the truth for a moment, that when I started training coaches, I was completely unprepared for how many hours of my life would be spent listening to bad coaching. Can you guys relate? <laughs> right? Yeah. It's, it's not what I signed up for, but uh, it turns out to be a lot of the process. Anyway, uh, the one thing that I would give new coaches is really focus on Establishing the coaching agreement. I can't tell you how many hours of coaching I've listened to, where I don't know why we're talking because the coaching agreement wasn't established first. But I I love what you pointed to, Damien, because at whatever level we are, whether we're a new coach or an ancient coach like myself, coaching presence always is an area we can develop, grow, or um, or um, uh, find blind spots in. Right. Yeah. So I think I think all of our answers are legit. You know. Uh, probably Damien's is best. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, Ali.
2: No, no. So, but you know what? Let me share something with you. I, I have been an ICF assessor for 10, so for 10 years. Ugh. Not only that you hear about coaching as, a, as in my coaching program, but also listening to recordings. Right. Uh, I would say in 10 years, I may have heard hundreds of recordings as a PCC and MCC um, for both accreditations. And uh, interesting that you say that because I have a personal bias and I tell people, my bias is that if at the beginning of the session there is not a coaching agreement, it will be very difficult to be a PCC or MCC recording because the coaching agreement is the foundation for the conversation. So so for me, that, that's my bias as an assessor. And I know, and I have to be careful with that. But if I don't hear a good and a solid coaching agreement, it will be very difficult that the person will be to perform at the level expected. Mm-hmm.
0: Let's talk about... Um the book for another moment or two. One of the things that I love about this book is you put in the uh, section about ethics. How are, and I want to throw this as a jump ball to both of you, Uh, I'd love to hear your view of coaching ethics at this point of um, here in 2018, at this point of the development of coaching. How important is it? In what ways are you seeing it come up? What have you got?
2: Well, I do believe that you see it in two particular ways. Um, in coaching supervision, you explore a lot of ethical dilemmas. And sometimes uh, coaches bring issues and they are sometimes not even aware that there is an ethical issue. As uh, I was saying before, sometimes they are not even aware that there is a diversity bias or an issue around diversity mm-hmm. that needs to be addressed. Um, so basically, I have seen two main issues. One is around confidentiality. Uh, having bosses or HR people in organizations requesting coaches to provide information. Ugh. And sometimes even they know and there is a clear agreement that that shouldn't be done. Uh, still, sometimes they fall or they're taking without realizing that they are disclosing more information than they should. Right. Uh, and there is, a, again, a big connection between ethical issues and coaching agreements. So based on what the agreement is, what is or not allowed in the process. Uh, and the second one that I see a lot, too, is about new coaches or experienced coaches, too, uh, not realizing that they are taking a client, that they need other different uh, different services than coaching. And, and, and I'm talking particularly around mental health. Mm-hmm. People who come to coaching, but what they really need is mental health services to deal with some issues that are not appropriate for coaching. So I think these are the two key issues that have come up for me. And hopefully, what is your experience?
0: No, that's lovely. And I want to I want to emphasize the second one, just with a terrible, horrible example. Recently, I was uh, became aware of a coaching uh, session where, in the session, the client revealed that not only was the client, who was a male, um, sexually abused as a child, but by a family member, a core family member. This, to me, and I think any experienced coach, immediately says one thing in flashing neon lights, which is therapy immediately, right? We go immediately and say, have you done therapy? What kind of, you know, what kind of progress have you made? Something like this. Um, Was it effective? You know, have you followed the doctor's orders? This coach said, oh, you should talk to my friend. He had a similar experience when he grew up. This is a terrible, terrible thing to do, coaches. Anyone listening in the sound of my voice, do not refer people to your friends who might have had a similar situation. Allie, what about you? What are you where are you with coaching ethics? What have you seen?
1: Yeah, I, um, just to let you know that ACTO has a new code of ethics that we released this year. And uh, one of the pieces of work that we have this year on our plates is to, because the code of ethics that we have was written by white people in United States, and it was vetted by white people in the United States, uh, we actually are undertaking uh, more of a global review, too, because I think that a lot of people have a view of ethics that it's black and white, or that there's rules, and they should be the rules should be the same all over the world, and they're just not.
0: Good, bad, right, uh, wrong, yeah.
1: Yeah, and so, uh, just like Damien was talking about supervision, I think that with ethics, there's always more than one way to look at a lot of things and that unfortunately it's an area that's great and for students that becomes really challenging um but i think the training of ethics and this is one of the things we're really passionate about at active is providing support for schools to provide more training in ethics um it becomes a matter of experience and actually talking about case studies and seeing what happened in other situations and giving yourself the skills to know how to make decisions or how to get supported by a supervisor, by someone else um, or developing an ethics uh, complaint process at ECTO as well. So um, really being aware of all the lenses that you're looking through and doing your best to get elevation on the situation by out- from outside sources I think is, uh, critical to never making a decision by yourself when you're faced with an ethical situation and you don't know what to do. Um, always getting support with that decision because, um, many, many lenses are going to help with, with making the gray a little bit less gray. (laughs) So, um, yeah, that's my, my take on it is lots of, Lots of eyes on the situation and ears.
0: And uh, sorry, if you don't mind, I'll follow up with you, Hallie. The, uh, the Code of Ethics for the Association of Coach Training Organizations, is that because you felt that the ICF Code of Ethics was somehow insufficient or didn't reference uh, coach training enough? Or are there actually different issues for the practice of coaching and the practice of coach training?
1: Um, it's based very heavily on the ICF's Code of Ethics but i think we felt it was important as an association that we had our own um and yes um my to my knowledge a lot of the ethical complaints that come up now with the ICF have to do with coach training um it's a place where you know where the ocean meets the fresh water and so a lot of people are coming into coaching for the first time um inexperienced coaches um and in in fact just that it's a breeding ground it seems for a lot of ethical ethical issues to arise. So we wanted to make sure that our members had a place to reference that was closer in uh, to who they are and what they do every day, um, particularly with respect to supporting them on ethical questions and um, getting supported to how to um, conduct themselves in their daily business.
0: Really good. Uh, Damien, what about you with coaching supervision and coaching mentorship? Do you focus on ethics? Do you have modules on ethics?
2: Definitely. Definitely. Well, for the coaching, uh, mentor coaching program, we go over every competency. So we, that's it, number one. So we start there, talking about what can come up and when it's appropriate and not for coaching. And then for the supervision, there is a module on ethical issues because supervisors should be very familiar with the code of ethics and being familiar to procedures, what to do. So definitely that's an important part of the of the practice, in both practices. Uh, and so I do believe that coach and supervisor had more responsibility than the regular coach to understand how ethics works and what are the steps in case that is necessary to bring to ICF attention uh, some of the challenges.
0: Yeah, and I, I really want to emphasize something that I heard uh, you both speak to different ways, which is that Ethics for a lot of us, especially as Hallie points to in the, you know, white uh, Western world, is seen in sort of a framework of good, bad, right, wrong, or rules and you shouldn't. Whereas uh, I found uh, just a brief shout out to Corey. Gerald Corey wrote a book that's incredibly expensive called Issues and Ethics in the Helping Professions. And one of the things that book helped me to do after I got over the price shock was uh, really hold ethics as Always, always, always a training and connecting moment instead of a shaming and blaming moment. And that, uh, so wherever we are in our ethical journeys, I trust that we'll all um, align that way and get get more and more interested in educating our fellow coaches and our and our selves around things. And that's one of the things I love about both the work both of you are doing is that it's all about education and uplifting coaching. At the professional level, thank you both for your contributions.
2: Um, I want to make a comment before we move on about please. ethical issues. That most of the time, as you are saying, people think of ethics as good and as rules. But what is interesting about ethics is we look from a different perspective. Can be about decision making and what kind of decision we make after when we have dilemmas and how we behave. So if we look at ethical issues as decision making. Uh, it's much more interesting. So, so when I want to bring to people's attention when we think about ethical issues most of the time. People think about, oh, this is boring, right. boring stuff. Right, rules. But uh, if we make it around decision-making, can be much more interesting.
0: That's a brilliant point. Thank you so much. Uh, I, w- I do want to give you a chance to talk a little bit about uh, your award. You received the ICF Circle of Distinction Award this year uh, for your contribution to professional coaching and to the ICF. Damien, what has you so focused on contributing to the profession instead of just going out there and making a lot of money or whatever other drivers people have in our profession? And what are some of the contributions you've made that you were honored for?
2: Well, I am pretty passionate about coaching because I see the ripple effect of coaching in society. I do believe that when we are coaching, we're making a difference in the person in front of us, but in their systems. So if we're working with a leader, and the leader has a better team as a result of that, the organization benefits, and at the end of the day, the whole society. So that's the reason why I got involved. Uh, For you to get an idea, I am so passionate about coaching that I got everybody in my family to go through coaching training. So both of my parents, both of my brothers, ex-in-law, three of my five closest friends all went through coaching training. And after I got them through coaching training, my second goal was for them to get their credentials. So I am very proud to say that my mom has an MCC, my father and my brother PCCs, uh, my youngest brother decided not to go, not to not to tra- work as a coach, but still use the training in his work. So I, I do believe that uh, coaching competencies help people, but also help us to have a better quality of life. So that that's. The reason behind that. And I, both of my parents, I, I followed them to become psychologists. They followed me to become coaches. So I do believe that as a psychologist, they taught me since I was a child the importance of helping other people and supporting others. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I originally got my degree as a licensed clinical psychologist in Argentina before I moved to, to the United States. And um, I I enjoy much more working in bringing effectiveness to people's lives rather than mental health issues. But um, and then I I love the community. I believe that uh, I remember, I don't know if any of you have the chance to go in 2008 to the ICF coaching conference in Montreal, the global conference. And um, when I went to the conference, I felt that was my first global conference. And I thought, oh, i I'd like to be part of this. Global. I really want to be part of making a difference mm-hmm. in the world. So when the conference was over, I went to the organizer and I gave him my card. And I said, if you need help next year for the conference, let me know. And I I think he will come, but he didn't come me, I was part of organizing the conference uh, for 2009, and then to that water, so eventually I became a, a member, I, I was invited to to apply for 2010, uh, and I became a global board member, but um, I do believe that when you contribute and when you support other people, you know, that um, you, you grow and develop and learn, so I, I, I do believe that that is my my own personal um, um interest or energy that moves what I'm doing now. The reason why I got that uh, award was because when I was in the board, I did a lot of um, mentoring and coaching to local chapter leaders from ICF in Latin America, where many of these chapters were start developing. There were not any connections with ICF Global. Many times at the beginning of ICF in many parts of the world, not only Latin America, I'm just finding out when I was in Europe, that somebody uh, will say, okay, I, I want to start a chapter, and the person with a few colleagues, they will start the chapter, but was more like a, a, like their own business and the ICF um, banner. So that's, that happened at the beginning of uh, ICF as an organization, in many chapters worldwide, but then now it's you not know, the case anymore for, for a few years. But uh, so I helped them to move forward and just to make the global connection. So I, I, I'm very proud to say that I do believe that I have some influence in the developing of the coaching profession in, in Latin American countries. And then, then as it go meet as many chapters as I could. And I want to share with you because of my personal work and some opportunities with ICF, I visited more than 40 40 chapters worldwide, Um, where I also make a difference in helping the local chapters to become more connected to global. I do believe that I have an influence on that. That was before ICF is offering uh, conferences. Now once a year where they bring all of the leaders together to provide some support and guidelines. Uh, We didn't have that uh, till a couple of years, ago. we're three meetings so far. Um, so I, I saw that one of my also, also took that as a, uh, that responsibility to bring a connection between local chapters worldwide and ICF global, and I do believe that now uh, we're in a different place. The, the other thing was to make the board of directors a really um, global and diverse uh, board because yeah. for many years it was not the case, and uh, I was the first Latin American uh, member of the global board, not only the first president but the first uh, Latin American board member. And now we go to a place where m- most people are from all over the world, and not, not necessarily as before that most of the people were from the United States. Well, you now yes. most of the people are from everywhere for the last uh, few years. So I, and, you I have... feel very great about that. And, yes, and, and I, I wanna... believe. I want to
0: thank you. Forgive me for interrupting. We're just about to run out of time, and I want to make sure that I get a moment to acknowledge you, not only for the contribution that you've been, but especially for the contribution you've been to diversity. And I want to acknowledge you, Hallie, for what you're bringing as a priority this year and in future years to the Association of Coach Training Organizations. Both of you are extraordinary contributions to our profession and to making the profession better in an ongoing way, and you've made a great legacy for each of you. Uh, Damien, I want to give you the last 30 seconds of our time together for a parting thought or a parting shot. What would you have 50,000 or so coaches know today?
2: Well, I really appreciate your invitation. It was great being with you, and I think that it's important. My message will be to keep learning and developing, look for opportunities. I do that all the time. I look for new ways to keep growing, developing, and also, very important, one of the challenges that I see in our profession is people being successful entrepreneurs being able to build skills to have successful practices. So what I would like to see is all coaches who get trained, then they also develop coaching and uh, entrepreneurship skills to develop successful business. So in that way, more people can benefit from your services. Because unfortunately, many times it's sad to see that people have great skills as coaches, but nobody gets to
0: meet them. Very good. That's Damien Goldvarg, Dr. Damien Goldvarg, uh, MCC and PhD. The book is Professional Coaching Competencies, and you can find out more about all of his services, including mentorship and supervision training, at goldvargconsulting.com. That's G-O-L-D-V-A-R-G, consulting.com. Hallie McNabb, thank you for being with us. She's available at powerfullifecoaching.ca, or go find out about ACTO at actoonline.org. And I thank you, dear listener, for being with us again. We will talk to you here and every week and so thanks for listening we'll talk to you next week
1: the coaching show is brought to you by accomplishment coaching home of the world finest coach training program that's all for today's edition we will talk to you next week